Thanks for that piece of lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast. Passion us. Yeah. All right, everybody. Eric Dibby, most complaint cop, is the finest unfiltered. This is your 265 Police Live series. Of course, John McCary with me, the founder and the co-host of the podcast. Retired Lieutenant NYPD. How you doing, brother? Doing well, my friend. Excited for this podcast. Uh, I think a lot of people are. You know, if anybody's been following on social media, there's been a clear uh, attack against myself, Eric, in the podcast. Clearly coordinated. It's a smear campaign uh, that's trying to defame us, trying to discredit us. Lies are made up about us, complete unprofessionalism. And, you know, we're going to talk about that today. That We're going to title the episode, The Difference Between the difference between the Oath Police Officers Swear and Omerta. Some have it confused. Eric, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, we got to laugh at this point. Listen, we're retired. We have a First Amendment right. And our, our perspective in regards to the police department should be important. And any retired member, it should be important because you understand the inner lines of the police department. There's media out there. Look, there's the Post. There's different papers. There's Cop Watch. There are people that are going to be critical of the police department. And what the police department doesn't understand is obviously they have some type of emotional attachment to what we're saying is that right now we're retired, which means we're civilian members of the service. But what we have encountered was just an extreme amount of unprofessionalism from the cops that are currently active duty. And it's just a complete attack. It's fine. Listen, we don't take it personal. You know, we're here, you know, offering perspective and analysis. And uh, unfortunately, it just shows how bruised the egos are. And it just it legitimizes the claims that we've been saying about the weak leadership that's going on in the police department. And ultimately, it affects public safety. It affects morale. It affects the retention. It affects the mass exodus of the police department. This is just one big giant loop of failed leadership, and and it, it's just it's, it's as present as it ever could be. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, these attacks are were the timings impeccable of the attacks of when we released the episode uh, nepotism and its effects on morale in the NYPD, where we honed in on the appointment of Kaz Daughtry. I, I think we were more than fair. Um, to Kaz Daughtry, I think we labeled out the concerns of many and the thoughts of everyone, seriously. Um, but people that he worked directly with, the elite unit that works under the chief of patrol, actually under the chief of department's office, but works directly for Chief John Shell and and um, Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry. Uh, we received almost impeccable timing. You know, our social media is being, being basically ran through. Um, we received numerous... Uh, on duty, active members running our names in department computers, calling our friends, wanting to know where we work, how we make money, how we feed our families, uh, all intimidation tactics, having my LinkedIn search at five o'clock in the morning for the third in charge in, in the New York City Police Department. Um, and it's just clear unprofessionalism to the point where, you know, they're saying that me and Eric should just hide in our basements, go away, shut up because our wives are fat. We're old and we were losers and we had no career. And while that's happening, we have an assistant commissioner talking about us, which we will get into later in that podcast. Um, Eric, Eric, how do you, how do you want to how do you want to start this show? Like, what do you what do you want? What do you want me to open up with first? Well, listen, I always say this. There's no coincidences in life, right? And there's no coincidence at the same time there's a coordinated it appears there's a coordinated attack by an entire unit right who's been who's been considered the elite unit of the new york city police department right now in khaki pants but at the same time i mean we're in, con in constant contact cops as right now and we see what's going on out there and we've offered advice to save the lives of the public and to save the lives of these cops right now because they have been perpetuated to use this vehicle pursuit tactic as a tactic to diminish the crime that's going on in new york city right now and you and i have been opposed to it because it's never been a tactic that's been used and it's just the outcomes are just completely dangerous for everyone and it's just it's just not worth it right now they're not prosecuting anything right now as, as we speak it's not worth it for the cops it's just not worth it for the public and uh, apparently they took to, they took some real offense to it but we saw some real unprofessionalism 
in, in response and they took it as a personal attack. So right now, let's talk about the oath that they take. I think we should play a clip of that. Raise your right hand and after me. Ready, move! I do hereby find and declare. What power of the Constitution of the United States? The Constitution of the State of New York. Faithfully discharge my duties as a police officer in the New York City Police Department. Best of my ability. Well, that's the oath that New York City police officers take when they graduate from the police academy. And John, I'm sure you remember when you took the oath. I do. I remember taking the oath. I remember taking the oath for the Marine Corps. And it's an honor, right? But you know that when you take the oath, your life does immediately change. And it changes for the better, right? You have a great amount of power, and with that comes responsibility. And along with that, of course, is an extreme amount of professionalism. And I know as cops, we're always held to a higher standard, right? We have to have a certain manner that we operate on duty. But what's tough about being a cop is that you have to operate a certain way off duty in regards to that as well. And unfortunately, I think that things have really changed, especially right now. I think that John Shell personally, as the chief of patrol, being directly responsible to maintain this this unit of, uh, you know, of, of young, impressionable three-year rookies that are going out, they're getting firearms, they're doing a good job. They're out there, they're working, but they're involved in vehicle pursuits, but they're under the blanket of John Shell and they're completely protected and they have impunity. And it's just completely in opposition to everyone else that's in uniform wearing blue right now. And that impunity, I believe, will not last forever. What do you think about that, John? Yeah, so again, we received uh like coordinated attacks from a lot of people in this one in this one particular unit, starting from the captain the lieutenant, the sergeants, and and some detectives. So not not everyone in the unit. I don't want to I want to blanket the whole unit, but a lot of them, the main players in the unit, I will say, um, came at us online using their own personal name. Uh, something that in the New York City Police Department, if you know any cops, if cops are fully aware, they will not go online in their own name and curse at people, threaten people, challenge people to fight them lie about people, smear people, because they're worried about the consequences. Uh, but what I saw from these attacks is a, a total level of immaturity. And I blame the supervision, starting with the sergeants, going up then to the lieutenant, then to the captain, then to the assistant commissioner, and then to a three-star chief. They were fully aware of what was going on. Uh, some of the conversations, there was only information that the chief could have known that was being relayed to his staff. So I know he was fully aware of those conversations, um, such as he looked at my LinkedIn at 0500 in the morning and I sent him a request. I figured he would want to speak to me or come on the show. So I put out online, who wants John Shell to come on the show? And I put a right, a right hand. I do. And um, so when I said, why is he looking at my stuff at 0500 if he doesn't want to come on the show? All I did was invite him on the show. What's your problem? Um, he said, but who, who requested who? You requested him. This is from the lieutenant. So that right there shows a clear connection to the chief of patrol, John Shell, who was fully aware of the conversation and the immaturity that was happening. And this would not happen if people did not feel they were acting with impunity. Cops would be heavily penalized for this and have been heavily penalized for, for, for this type of behavior. Um, I mean, me and Eric are retired and we would never talk to people with such disrespect uh, that we were spoken to. I, I agree. Absolutely. We can't shame the entire unit. Right. But we do know that the leadership is responsible for that unit. So it, it, it is indicative and reflective of general the majority of what's going on in that particular unit because i'm sure there's outliers in that unit that don't agree with this extreme amount of professionalism that that has been displayed and unfortunately the power of social media has created a platform to have perspective and analysis of police work in a matter that's never been done before is which is something that we have presented which is why i think this which, which is why i think the cops 
and the leadership has taken this personal because this is something that that has never been done before. It's just complete exploration. Normally, when we hear people in different organizations talk about cops, it's about hugging the cop, thanking the cop. But we actually talk about the perspective and analysis of different tactics, what's appropriate. We talk about the catalyst for change for the Civilian Complaint Review Board. We talk about the discipline matrix. So we have been a voice from outside to help within. And what I can say is we are critical of the leadership of the New York City Police Department. And I think it's imperative that people are critical of leadership because it creates humility and it creates balance. They have extreme of power and responsibility, and we need that balance. And, and what I can say is this. Kaz Daughtry, who's in a position of leadership, he's extremely impressionable to these guys. They're looking towards him. They're loyal. I don't fault them for being loyal, but I do fault them for being so loyal that they're blind, that they're acting out unprofessional, and they really went in opposition of their own oath. And they may not see it now, but one day I'm confident that they they may see it. And hopefully it's not too late. I hope that these guys could do better and change for the better. Because th these guys are the ones out there wearing the uniforms. And public, saf public safety is a direct connection to these guys that are out there right now. I, listen, I wish them well. I wish them safe. I don't think anything is a personal attack. But it's important that we talk about the unprofessionalism that's going on. Because you and I are critical of the highest leadership that's going on in the police department. But we spoke we spoke about this the other day. Small unit leadership breakdown, but we never really talk about the frontline leadership. So I'm shocked by this because I did not get promoted to captain because of substantiated civilian complaint civilian complaints. And I fought tooth and nail to get promoted. And I would I would have held it in such prestige and honor. So for this captain to be in that position and actually lead the charge and call us out to come to a bar. It's just absolutely ridiculous. He's and just lost his honor. And that is reflective of what's going on in the unit. What do you think about that? Like, again, I think it's weak egos. I think it's large, excuse me, large egos with paper thick skin. You know, cops have to have thick skin, but not the politically appointed. Uh, I think a lot of what we do on the podcast, um, you know, I think if you look at the podcast Instagram or the podcast Twitter, there's a lot of joking on there. It's not really reflective of the conversations and the articulate beliefs that we have about the inner workings of the New York City Police Department or how politics affects legislation and how that legislation affects policing and how that affects public safety. It doesn't it's not a true representative of what this podcast actually does, where we talk about mental health, where we do book reviews, where we have retired members come on and and memorialize their career and talk about all the things in policing. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing is that they just don't realize the immaturity. They don't realize the the true weight and responsibility they bear with that shield. Again, I'm going to speak to the leadership here. You created this podcast, in case you didn't know. I didn't want to leave the job. Eric didn't want to leave the job. You forced us both out. So now here, here is something that grew organically. I wanted to push back at the vaccine mandate. I had no I had no outlet to do it, so I created my own. Right? Eric wanted to push back at at, at the thing that that pushed him out of his career, the overzealous CCRB and the lack of representation from the NYPD leadership and the unions, and he did that. He created his own platform to do that. Right? We teamed up together, we pushed this platform forward. Um so again, you created this. The memes that we put out online joking. They're jokes. Your political figures. This has been going on through all times. Kings in England had had memes and things made up about them in plays, and they weren't beheading people over stupid things that they were talking about in the public. You're a public figure. Grow up. If you want to make fun of me, post my face places, do things like that. Uh, I think someone said something about that I had a post a photo of you in a mask. I did. April 2020 to get promoted to lieutenant, even though I didn't want to. I put the mask on and I, I actually posted about it. If you go back in my history where I said, we're all guilty of this. Although I spoke out against all of this stuff, I am guilty for this stuff as well, because there were things I didn't believe in that I, that I bended on 
such as that day when I wore that mask. So I'll freely put that. And you can put that that meme everywhere. I'll laugh. I let you know, we we, you know, sometimes we even share some of the memes about us. We laugh about them. And like I tell my friends, because I keep getting messages from a lot of them that you guys are talking to them, asking about me, asking specifically personal questions about how I feed my family and everything else. The um see and 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 what what they always say is leave them alone. And I'm like, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just talking about things as they come up in the news. Me and Eric just talk about whatever it is. If we get a request to do a show, we'll do it. I said, but if it was me, I would take all those memes down to the print section and they'd be hanging up behind me because I don't care. I don't have a big ego. I, I, I know I'm stupid. I know there's things that I do that are dumb. I know there's things I say on here that are dumb. There's some stuff I say on Twitter is dumb, but this is from my heart. Like I said it a thousand times and Eric said a thousand times, this is our therapy. This is how I make sense of the world. This is how I could move forward from being taxed with my career within seven days. This is how I move forward. And no one's going to, and no one's going to back me off of that, wherever that may lead, you know? So. Well, there's two things that I want to talk about. I want to break down. I think that there's really key points that come out of speech. Kaz Daughtry at a gala where he's being awarded. Now, we're going to play that clip, but before we play that clip, there's two things, that, again, like I said, I really want to draw out. I think it's so important. Now, he addresses a, a handful of retired members that are out of state who have a crime plan that doesn't agree with the so-called dream team. Now, what I find extremely problematic about what he's saying, right? Think about this. I don't take it personal, but it's this is bigger than you and I, John. I, I've been saying that, right? This is a message to all the retired members that are out there saying that your service didn't matter because once you exit 1PP and you get that retired ID card, you no longer are part of the brotherhood. You're not important anymore. Your voice doesn't matter. Basically, what they're saying is you should pretty much die and fade away. And I think it's important that retired members understand that. That message, it, it, you know, I, I actually said to myself, it really solidifies, and these guys don't understand. They're loyal right now to this administration that's probably going to be there temporarily because it's extremely crowded, uh, clouded right now with what's going on with Adams and Banks. Now, they're not going to be there forever to protect it. So that loyalty, it, 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 it runs thin. And that's what we've been trying to send a message out to them. Will this administration stand up for you when you're involved in a vehicle pursuit? And God forbid someone loses their life in a tragic incident like we just had today. And that's the message. We're trying to save you because that is not a tactic that should be led on your behalf. And also, in addition to that, he's exposing his insecurities and his ego actually addressing a crowd at a, at a gala about, two, uh, about a handful of retired members that are speaking about the police department. He should laugh about it. And it, it just really solidifies that he is not ready for that position. And that's where I said the humility comes in. He should actually say to himself, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm ready. They elevated me seven ranks. There's a lot to learn. I mean, you're wearing that billet right now, and you have to ask yourself, are you prepared? So we expect a humble speech for you to say, you know what? I'm proud and honored that I've been put in this position. And I have a lot to learn, and I honor my men and women that are out there doing the job. That's what I expect to see. I don't even expect to see him that. I just expect him to be solely focused on public safety. I think he's won like his hundredth award since he's took over the spot already. And you know, if you know, the dream team didn't care about the critics, right? When you're winning championship, the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, they did not care about the critics, which we are. And and I, I think it, I think you're right. I think it is it is bigger than us because they're trying to intimidate us into silence, intimidate us to go away. Not because of anything we say that they could argue on behalf of or come up with an articulate argument. They just have to slander the fame uh, and and then try to in, 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 in an attempt to intimidate. But think about all the other people we're critical of. Think about Justin Brannon, how I beat that guy up on my own personal social media. I made memes of him as a Barbie. Uh, I constantly post photos of him with his uh, with his tattoos, with his pentagram, with his meat, his murder on the back of his neck. He laughs at almost all of it. I'm sure that that Barbie photo is hanging up in his office. He, think about if he used the weight of his office to come after us for using our First Amendment right. Think about all the times we've been critical of D.A. Alvin Bragg. And if he used the weight of his office 
to come after us because we've been critical of them. This is an attack, a coordinated, formulated attack. And these guys are too stupid to understand that they're being used and they're pawns. And the same people that we're trying to protect them against and keep them at bay, they're standing in front of for what reason? We're talking about politics. We're talking about policy. You know, I think the lieutenant made a comment on my Instagram where he said, we haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't gave a counter argument to one policy this administration gave it. I mean, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, we've, we've spoke about so many policies, qualified immunity. We've spoken about the disciplinary matrix. We spoke about the overzealous uh, CCRB. We spoke about the ridiculous standards you're being held to with, with these body cameras. We've, we've written articles defending the SRG when even the police commissioner did it. Where was Ed Caban? Where was Ed Caban? Where was the NYPD at city council that day? Nowhere. You know who was there? The finest unfiltered was there. You know who was there to push back in the media narrative and, and smack all the politicians around using data and facts and figures? We were, right? We were. Who was there when they said they were going to disband counterterrorism? Did the police commissioner step up? Did the chief of patrol step up? Did Kaz Daughtry say a word? They didn't say anything. Who said something? I said something. Eric said something. So, again, you could attack us all you want. You can make fun of us all you want. But let it be organic. Don't come at us using the weight of your staff, sending impressionable youth that are going to really, at, at the end of the day, could possibly destroy their careers because of your ego. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, absolutely. That, that's just, you know, just another case in point that when you move up the ranks and you start to create more distance and you're more removed from the actual troops that are out there, you start to learn and understand that you have to mostly detach from your ego. And that and when you're in a leadership position, that you're going to face extreme amount of criticism, especially from the public and even from within, right? The internal, we talk about all the time, the internal pressures of the NYPD is probably more adversarial than what you'll actually face in the public. And that's, that's the ironic part right now, is that they're under the assumption and they still believe that there's a connection from us to the police department, that we're retired members and there's no consequence for attacking us. But at this point, retired members, including us, we are media, we're a voice, and we are civilian members. And what's shocking by this is that they'll take out a full attack on retired members, having a voice, understand the inner linings, inner linings and workings of the police department, and yet... BLM and Antifa has turned this city upside down every night, impeding the lives of New Yorkers. Cop Watch is so critical of the police department, taking money from the police department for so many different lawsuits, and yet we have never seen a coordinated, orchestrated attack against these, these different organizations. But the finest unfiltered and other retired members, that has been taking an extreme amount of, of personalized emotions and again i say listen yes we were extremely critical of kaz in his appointment and, and rightfully so i think he should understand that he's made several mistakes and the and the criticism that we provided should help to make him better that he should remove and emotionally detach himself and create some humility and understand that you have to get absorbed in, into this position and that you're not ready for it and you skipped seven steps. You know, it's like if, if I went out and I wanted to learn how to ride a, a, a skateboard and, and jump, you know, jump, uh, do bunny hops. Am I going to jump off the top of the building the first day? No, you have to work your way up. And it should be the same way for leadership because it's skill. It's not a born talent. For some, it may. But for the majority, it is a learned skill. Absolutely. And, you know, just just, just the weight of, of his office and however he was elevated, he should be humble enough to to be able to take criticism. But I'm going to play the clip now and you're going to see the unprofessionalism. You're going to see his ego shine through and you're going to see all the reasons we received emails. We received numerous requests via social media to do an episode about his appointment. You know, again, we're not most of the stuff we talk about isn't just me and Eric's opinion. It's a consensus of the rank and file of the New York City Police Department, the majority. Um, and, you know, 
there are times when we push it back even against them and they don't agree with us and that's fine you know we, uh, that's that's what this platform's there you speak your truth eric speaks his truth i'll speak my truth and let's get it out there and somewhere in the middle there is the truth right um but in an attempt to shut us down and intimidate i mean that's it just shows weakness and the reason they don't go after blm and antifa and all those is because it's completely illegal it's completely illegal you're law enforcement you're you're involved in law enforcement your job is to be public safety and they're sitting there calling themselves the dream team while New York City is being shut down every night. Every night. While Jewish New Yorkers don't feel safe walking around New York City. While residents, tourists, and businesses are fleeing New York and don't ever want to come back under the weight of all these progressive politicians. Uh, oh, and no, another guy I forgot. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Who is the <laughs> most critical, you think, uh, online throughout the entire country of New York City Mayor Eric Adams? I am. Right here, me. How, who makes the most memes about Eric Adams? Me. Right here. Right? I make all these memes. Imagine if he put the weight of his office to come after me and attack me. What would happen to him, you think? Crazy. So let's play it. Let's play the clip of Kaz Daughtry at his uh, nearly 100th award dinner for what award he won or Ed Caban has won. And by the way, has anyone seen Ed Caban? Because I haven't seen him. Eric, have you seen Ed Caban anywhere? Who? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. We're going to hear, I think, that article in the New York Post, the real police commissioner when Kaz Daughtry was a first grade detective. I think that I think that was more I think that was more accurate than I thought than I gave it credit for at the time. So let's play this clip. There's a handful of retired officers that don't live in the state that have a lot to say about the dream team, as I like to call it. All of a sudden they retire and have a master plan on how to fight crime. But nothing to, nothing to contribute when they were here. They want to come back and be part of the dream team. What can I say? <laughs> Who were the two people there? Madri and Shell? Or... <laughs> well, you know what? I'm sorry, Kaz. Don't get mad at me. Don't send, don't send your assassins again. But... That's your own speech, and you had trouble reading your own speech. Come on. <laughs> the teleprompter was blocked. They had the, the piece of paper. It was dark in the room. So, the, you know, it, it, simultaneously, we're getting attacks, right, from the leadership of, of, of an elite team of the, of the police department while the speech is going on. Shortly after, you were contacted on LinkedIn by John Shell. They're all connected together. And, and you know it's it's really serious. It, it, it's it's really silly. I mean, we don't even have to do a, a full investigation. It, it appears they're all connected because all all the members of, that were attacking us through social media, they all worked with Kaz, or they currently work with Kaz or John Shell. They're all part of the same circle. I mean, it just it appears to be completely orchestrated. I don't know how long this was going on for, but. We're spending all this time attacking John and Eric for the finest unfiltered. Well, we should be out there doing police work. I mean, listen, some of the memes I appreciate, they're pretty funny. But when it came down to smearing, and they, they speared, they, I think it was a direct attack smearing us, saying that we did nothing. But it's a, smear, it's a smear attack on all retired officers, saying that you did nothing, you're out of state, you basically should die and go away. Why are we out of state, John? Why are we out of state? Because of the leadership of the NYPD, those men directly involved, their silence and their compliance to the progressive leadership caused everything, caused caused thousands and thousands of police officers way too young, way before their time to leave the New York City Police Department. And nobody and nobody wants to acknowledge it, you know, and now you have active members being mouthpieces before it was just the appointed being mouthpieces for the progressive legislation, the progressive pop. Oh, crime is down. Don't worry about it. It'll make us safer if we don't police minor crimes. It'll make us safer if we don't do these stops. We let these people out of jail and we're safer for it. Right. That was the that was the politically appointed in the NYPD making those claims. Oh, I one thousand. You had a police commission. I one thousand percent support defunding the police. You had a police commissioner, Dermot Shea, who said, I 1000% support the funding the police. So mouth, mouthpiece for a progressive, 
right? You had all these people. He 1,000% supported the vaccine mandate. The next politician that comes in, what does she say about the vaccine mandate? Zip, nothing. So maybe she's not a mouthpiece for them, but she ain't a friend either. She's not a friend to, to the rank and file either, right? And now you have Ed Caban. I don't know what he's doing. He's busy doing something else. He's probably looking for a job because I'll tell you right now, he's not the acting police commissioner. It appears that Kaz Daughtry is. Shell's attempting to groom him and he's doing a terrible job because he's obviously immature and egotistical too. So, I mean, I just think, I just think at the, at the whole, it all just falls on its face because now they've pushed this, this ideology of that no one can criticize us. No one in the NYPD could say anything, not even retire members, or we're going to go after them to where they have active members now being mouthpieces for the progressives who are working directly against them and attacking us. So I just want to say right now to all listeners that support us, I appreciate you. For those that don't, I just want to say this has been a blessed year, 2023, the finest unfiltered. We've been attacked by Copwatch. We've been received threats from Antifa, from BLM, from terrorist organizations. And now we've also received it from the NYPD, as well as you guys all are familiar and remember the attack on us by the, by the, by the police unions as well. So I want to thank God. I want to thank everybody for everything. And we're not going anywhere. So keep up. Keep it up. Keep it coming. We're gonna keep laughing. I, I just want to piggyback on that. Absolutely. Uh, we're not going to stand down. We're not going to go away. I mean, it's clear and obvious that it, the innuendo, I, I believe, the innuendo in that speech also is, hey, you're out of state. And if you come back here, you're going to have some some troubles. I mean, there's every reason to believe that if we go back to New York for any reason to visit, that we, that they may try. It appears that they may try to flake us. I mean, they they sent a message. This all happened simultaneously. We're attacked on social media. And as you said, you know, we expect them to make jokes about us because we make we make funny memes out there and we're joking about the administration. So we expect it, right? We, it's expected. But what John said, I think, is really important. It should be organic. But to have an orchestrated attack and say that we did nothing in our careers, and it appears some of the information that they actually provided, it's obvious that they were using the NYPD department internet to get information about us more than just word of mouth, which is a complete violation of their oath. And that's what, another thing that I find extremely problematic. Leadership is so important. The troops, uh, I mean, there's no bad troops, only bad, only bad leaders. So it's completely reflective. I mean, the captain and lieutenant of this unit, these young rookies are, are, are so impressionable. They're looking to you for guidance. And this is how you run your unit, that you attack two retired police officers, lieutenants or any rank, it doesn't matter. But here's the point. We understand the inner linings of the, of the police department because we were there almost 20 years. So we're not going to stand down and we're not actually going to be intimidated and we're not going to be afraid. We're going to continue to voice our opinion. And this podcast, the show will go on. It will continue. But could you imagine some civilians that were not retired members received the same attack? They would be terrified and it would be a whole different conversation. And they wouldn't be as kind as we are being right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there was an innuendo staying in Florida, which I won't. And I will be in New York City and I will continue to come back. And I am not afraid. And believe me, should anything happen to one of my family members, me, anything, I won't be the one in jail. Believe me, I won't be. Um, so I'm not worried about it. I don't drink. I don't do drugs, nor does any of my family. We don't speed. We don't talk on our cell phones. We wear our seatbelts. Um, our cars are always registered. Our inspections are up. So should, you know, should something miraculously happen, you know, there will be consequences to pay. You know, I think I, I was being slandered. I was uh, actually defamed. There was a lie that kept getting put out about me that they said that I, I made a CCRB against a cop. They used their real names and they kept saying, I made a CCRB cop. I made a CCRB against a cop because I didn't get my retro check. So I'm just going to back up real quick. I haven't been a cop in over 10 years. I was not entitled to a retro check from the PBA. Um, I am also vested, force vested, which is actually terminated. It was a coercive termination um, before they, the, the LBA settled this contract. And I don't know if they are settling, if they've settled it or they haven't settled it. The LBA conveniently 
forgets to email me all of these things because I'm, you know, I'm a lifetime member. I actually paid the $500 like a sucker, but I don't get any emails from them like the other retired guys. Yeah. You know, I don't get any other emails, which, you know, I didn't pay it. I shouldn't have paid it either because I don't get the emails. I, I got to get them from other retired guys. Um, but, you know, but the thing is, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. I, I played a knife for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I don't even remember what the hell I was saying. That's all right. I will say this, though. I will say this. And this, and, and, and you know, some some of the slander and and, and some of the uh, defamation was actually pretty funny because they kept telling me, which they don't even know. By the way, can, guys, if you listen to this, um, to the uh, elite dream team out there, I don't live in Florida either. I mean, yeah, I've been Florida most of the time, but I'm in Asia right now. And I can I just tell you this: Florida doesn't have basements because they keep telling me to stay in my basement, and then I'm I'm a podcast loser, and I should stay in my basement, and I tell John the same thing. But Florida doesn't have basements. But I'm in Asia. And listen, if any of you guys want to come visit me and you want to have a conversation, anytime. I say it all the time, right? Do I not, John? And I say it again on this podcast. Opposition meets opportunity. And if these guys want to have a, a professional, they want to have a respectful conversation because we're men of honor. If you want to have a conversation through social media, you want to call us, email, you want to sit down in person, have a conversation, I'm always open to it. And, understand, and we can actually lay out all the stuff that we have done from the outside to actually assist the police department in better change. And not just the police department, in public safety and common sense. The police department has, has been a factor in it. But that's not the whole ball of wax for this podcast. But I'm still open. I'm still open for, for respectful conversations. Again, and if you don't like what we're saying, just don't listen. It's that simple. If you don't like what Cop Watch says, don't listen to them. You know, I, you know, I was actually, uh, I was actually asked to take something down that I posted. If you don't like what I posted, call New York Post. Tell them to take it down. I'm not the one that put it up. I just put it on. I just put it on social media. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, but I remember what I was saying. I just got caught off guard because I got, I got, I did get a little mad that the LBA doesn't email me. So <laughs> it does annoy me a little bit, but. But 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 besides that, I was saying about the CCRB complaint about the retro check. Let's back up here. I'm a retired member of service. Me and Eric already spoke about how when you go to retired, unless you know somebody, you're treated awfully. You're treated like a piece of garbage. Um, not by the people in there, by the supervisors in there, because they're weak, egotistical, paper thin skin leaders like we see that who don't deserve to be in that position, who don't understand they're in a customer service role. So the, the, they were trying to say, oh, you made a CCRB against another cop. I didn't. It's a clear lie. You all kept putting that out. However, however, if I was entitled to a CC, if I was entitled to a retro check, if I was, and I called up numerous times and I was waiting for months and every time I called, I was being treated like I'm an idiot and I need to go away and I'm a retired idiot, I would 1000% call CCRB. I would 1000% call IB because guess what? I'm a member of the public now. I should actually get a little bit of courtesy that I'm a retired member, but if you're going to treat me worse than you treat the Republic, then you treat the public. If you're going to get spin on and let bottles get thrown at you at a protest and let people get in your face and do this to you right on top of you, and you're going to treat me like an idiot who's been nothing but respectful for you, and I, and I walked in your shoes, 1000% I'll file a complaint on you. I'm not afraid to file a complaint on you. We didn't, again, I, I've said this a thousand times. I said this on a million interviews. I did not take a saint and burn it in my hand and swear omerta and say, if I go against this family, my soul shall burn like this saint is. I never said that. I never said that. We, Eric never said that. He never did that either. We said we swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States of America and to the state of New York, not to an appointed manager, not to a mayor, not to a job, not to anyone. But Eric, I just want to play this clip before you go. I want to play the Omerta clip because this is how I feel these guys are acting and they just don't understand. I just, I just think they're too dumb and they're too young and they're too immature and they're led by clearly morons. Ego, <laughs> paper thin morons. This is... 
This is the difference between the oath you saw. The Constitution of the United States has the First Amendment in it, right to free speech. So you will uphold those laws, right? Free speech, free speech. But this is this is the oath that you guys are upholding. Omerta is a secret code. It's the code of silence. It's what we swore when we took our oath. On Halloween night, 1975, with six other gentlemen, I swore to the oath of Omerta. I was not never even supposed to talk about the life, never mentioned that it really even exists. That is the sacred oath. It's not a myth. Now, have... <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what's happening right now. This crew that actually did personal attacks on John and I, uh, you know, just complete slander, defamation, coercion, intimidation, harassment, you name it all. They're on the assumption that there's some type of a murder. And right now, they are, because they're operating under impunity, under John Shell and under Cash Daughtry. I mean, it appears it's just a complete coordinated attack. But again, your oath is supposed to be the Constitution. And, and again, even with that, personally, John, I, I know you feel the same way. I don't care what they say at all. You can say whatever you want. I, I, I don't care. But it just it just makes them look so bad. I'm embarrassed for them. They were a disgrace to the shield. And I think right now, with the way they were acting, they don't even deserve that shield. And again, I have no problem. I have no problem. I am a civilian member of the public. I'm a civilian member of the United States of America. I served my country honorably. I served in the United States Marine Corps. I served the city of New York. And in retirement, we deserve some respect. All retired members deserve some respect. All civilian members. You should. You don't have to actually respect everyone, but you should show them respect, especially as a cop and you're bearing that shield right now. And I was shocked. I remember some of those attacks that were coming from the captain. And I didn't know he was the captain at the point. Uh, John, you said, oh, he's the captain of the units. Oh, my God. He's the captain? This is the guy that they're learning from? And then after the captain was smart enough to shut down and stop the attacks himself, it just showed that there's absolutely no leadership because those attacks continue. And I'm sure they'll continue now, but that's fine. John and I are not going away. If you want to waste your time, and it appears it's happening on duty. That's another problem. It appears it happens on duty. I mean, the lieutenant went out of his way to tell us that the unit got almost 200 guns for the year. And you know what? Maybe if they weren't on social media trying to attack this platform, they'd probably get more guns. And then the other question is, do they want to continue this path of vehicle pursuits? Because it's not looking good. We're trying to help you. But listen, you swore you swore Omerta and John Shell told you that's the tactic to use. Good luck with that. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, as much as those attacks anger me, oh, come meet me in a bar in Wanta, I'll be in Massapequa, I'll be on the mean streets of Massapequa. I mean, absolute. I'm, I'm a grown man, 43 years old. I ain't, I don't even go to bars. I don't go to bars anymore. I don't go out anymore. Um, I have two kids. You know, I mean, that was the complete unprofessionalism by an executive on this job. I, I'm not kidding. I woke up. I put a post out. I said I'm embarrassed for the NYPD news this morning, and I was. I'm not kidding, because I, I would never do that. Eric, I, I want to ask you two questions, Eric. Um, my first question is, how many times in this past month do you think our names were ran in department computers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from just just from the, that conversation alone that, we, you know, through social media when we were attacked by fake memes, by cops hiding behind memes, uh, by the actual cops that gave their names, just information that they knew that could not be uncovered unless they actually used the NYPD department internet, used department NYPD database, which is a, just a, a complete violation of rule and to violation of law. And that's the part they don't understand. They still think that we're under the umbrella of the NYPD. You still have to play the game under the NYPD. We don't. It's a different game for us. And, we, and we're not scared because we know the inner linings of the police department. We looked at the NYPD from the inside out compared to some members that have never been part of the New York City Police Department looking from the outside in. And that's why I said, I don't care what they say, but I was shocked. I just think it's shameful. I mean, it's an honor. It was an honor and a privilege to wear that shield. Are there things that are going on that I do not agree with? Now, I wish that Kaz Daughtry, you know, gave that speech to the CCRB to stand up for Eric Dim and John McCary and Sal Greco when we were on the job. That's something that I, I, I expected the leadership to do, but they didn't.
but instead they just showed it's more about their own self-serving egos. That's what I find a problem. Absolutely. I mean, running our name, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's, you know, doing that, the, the other thing that vet, that angered me a lot is I, I got several calls yesterday that a supervisor in this particular unit is calling people that I know. What do I do for a living? What are you going to do? Call up, make threats about me. I am self-employed. I own my own businesses and that's it. But for you to even ask that question while you're sitting there bearing that shield. And I don't know if you were working or not. What are you? Are you a police officer or are you a thug? Or did you swear on Martha or did you swear on all to the Constitution? And by the way, I know exactly who you are, all of you. I have the whole roster. I have you all labeled out. And again, anything that I don't like happens, I will 1000% move forward with not only legal action, not only that, I will call everyone and their mother. I will blast you all over the papers. I will go on every media outlet across this nation and say your name over and over again. So don't you dare ask anything about me. You got a problem? Everybody has my number. Give me a call. Oh, how great would it be that the most complaint cop actually makes a complaint? And again, I have no allegiance to these guys at all. I'm retired. And if you want to talk to us with respect, we were we were open to uh, opposition. We're open to conversation, but you were just completely disrespectful. I think that it's fine. We don't take it personal, but I really do think that they shame the shield. And uh, there's no honor in that. I mean, because you have to lay down at night. You have to look at yourself and say, wow, do I actually represent this iconic shield? I mean, the NYPD was the goat of policing worldwide, not just not just for New York State, not just for the country, but worldwide, the NYPD was the GOAT. When, they, when people think of policing, the first uniform they think of is that blue uniform, that NYPD uniform, something you should be proud of. And you lost your honor, and you made that shield lose its luster. It, 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 it's really alarming. And again, I have no allegiance to you guys at all. If I need to make a complaint, I'll make a complaint. I think it would be it would be pretty interesting that the most complaint cop makes a complaint. And again, these guys, are, are, again, are, are stupid and don't even understand how much they're exposed right now. You can go to the Civilian Complaint Review Board website on the Internet, anyone. You don't need any specific access. And you can just type in MOS records and you can get the roster for every precinct, every unit in the entire city. It will give you everyone that's in that precinct even if they have never received a civilian complaint. And there's a lot of information that you get. So we already have the entire rosters of, of, of who's been part of these attacks, even the fake, fake memes. Honestly, I don't care, but it's just shameful that you, you would do this to your shield and you, honor should be something that's extremely important. I take pride in honor. I know John does as well. Do you really wanna lose your honor and shame yourself and shame your family? Because this allegiance you have, I respect the fact that they're, they're being loyal. I just wish it was for something positive. Because believe me, right now, all perpetuated by failed, inadequate leadership, when they, when, when they leave, because it's time for them to go pretty soon, you still will have that stain on you. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're, not, they're playing the short game 1,000%. You know. you know, I've had the blessing that I, I've worked for guys that I love, you know, I've always had that blessing like that. I, I, you know, people I still talk to today, they don't agree, you know, maybe I don't talk to them as much because they're not a little happy with uh, me breaking Omerta, but you know, they still reach out to me. How's the family? How's this? You know, we don't talk about my podcast or anything like that. Um, but guys that I truly love, but if they asked me because they were getting beat up online, I mean, I've been beat up online through arrests I've made. Eric's been beat up online through arrests he's made. I've never commented one. If, if they would have came to me and asked me, hey, I need you and your guys to go get online, and I would have told them to grow a pair of bulls. I would have laughed right in their face and told them to grow a pair of bulls. You know, because there's a difference. There's a difference between being loyal and being stupid. Um, there's a difference between being loyal where, I don't know, let's say somebody, I was loyal to a fourth where like I would, you know, if you told me to stand in a room for 12 hours, I'd stand there for 12 hours at attention. You know, that's how I was. I did my job when it became to my job. But let's just say someone asked you, hey, uh, file this police report that you weren't on scene before. 
absolutely not. Not doing it. Oh, what's the big deal? The big deal is I'm not doing it. I'm not allowed to do it. It's, it, it, it violates the law. I'm lying. And, um, or sign this supporting deposition that you weren't there for, that you, you observed the arrest that you didn't make. Absolutely not. That's not being loyal. Um, go on social media and blast these guys and threaten them and smear them. And here, I'm going to give you sprinkle a little information about them so you could attempt to smear their careers and how they did nothing. Don't worry about the fact that they both have more arrests, been involved in more incidents, and have more experience than all of you combined. Let's not let's gloss over that. Here's some little facts about them. Um, and you go out there and you bash guys, and you don't even know what for because we asked you numerous times, what did we say that you don't agree with? And there was never an answer to that question other than that then we started to be called racist because we put a meme out with Kaz Daughtry with his hat sideways and his shirt untucked. But they didn't follow up with the meme. And I said, source. And it was a photo of Kaz Daughtry standing there with his hat sideways and his shirt untucked. So that wasn't racist. That's he's sloppy. He's sloppy. If, if it was a white guy with his hat sideways and his shirt untucked, it would have been a white guy. I, I didn't, I'm, I didn't, wasn't aware that in America, I wasn't allowed to, to, to poke fun at public officials who were black. I didn't understand that, that, that makes us racist, you know? So it was just, it was just constant nonsense, slander again, in an attempt to intimidate us. It's still happening right now. As I look at my phone and, you know, I, I, I truly am. I'm embarrassed for the New York city police department. If I had any respect for John shell or Kaz Daughtry, I lost it all at this point. I have no respect for them at all. I have no respect for the captain or the Lieutenant either because they clearly have no control of the unit. And the last message the Lieutenant sent, I think showed just how immature he truly is and how much of a, how much of a mouthpiece he is for the progressive left, get stuff done. Crime is down. Um, I'm here to defend the, the hard work of the men and women in the New York City Police Department. I don't think anybody has defended the hard work of the New York City Police Department more than myself and Eric. Um, he's defending he's defending the appointed management, Eric Adams' appointed management, their failures. You could look at New York City every night. The things we're saying are dead accurate, and we're going to keep saying them. The bottom line is we have right to free speech. And what's unfortunate about this whole thing is that this particular unit – that has shown loyalty to Cass Daughtry and Sean Shell. They brought this upon themselves because we put we put the memes out and they they jumped on social media and they initiated these attacks. They really brought it upon themselves. It's shameful because I remember there there was a time when we were on the job that we had a fear of adversarial consequence. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even get into an argument if someone cut you off in your car drive into the store or someone bang their shopping cart into your car. You probably just brush it off with your hand and walk away because you understood it was always preached that when you're off duty, that you want to minimize and you do not want to have any confrontations that could stain that shield. It was always about protecting your dignity, your image and the image of the department. And these guys completely tarnished, tarnished the image of the department. And I hold the captain and the lieutenant completely responsible because at some point the captain and the lieutenant realized, and, and I'm sure they got nervous by it, eventually when they're when they were able to emotionally detach themselves from what was actually happening, that the rookies kept continuing continuing and it's still continuing. So that just shows there's no hold that there's absolutely no leadership going on there. It's just a complete mess. Uh, it really reflected again of weak leadership and, and there's no pyramid and actual vision in, in the police department. Uh, it, it really, it, it's just, it, it, it's a shame to see. Uh, again, we are not intimidated. We're not going to stand down. We didn't do, we didn't before. I'm used to my name being smeared, smeared in the paper. It was smeared in the paper by the civilian complaint review board numerous times by cop watch, different organizations. And we survived that and we'll survive again. 100%. Eric, if there were guys smearing you online when you were on the job, which happened to you, Cop Watch was smearing you, the newspapers were smearing you, everyone, the New York Post, the Daily News, and you saw them online combating, being combative with reporters or even, even just people making comments, fake names, whatever it is, and they're using 
they're online, at work, on duty, or even offline, off duty, and they're online acting fools and saying foolish things, what would you do? I will put a stop to it immediately. And if they were in my unit, they know it. I would throw them out immediately because professionalism and honor was extremely important. We say this all the time. And I've heard Sal Greco say it too, and I agree 100%. You can't be a gangster and a cop at the same time. You need to make a choice. Do you want to be a thug or you want to be a cop? But you can't be both. And it takes extreme amount of discipline to have the professionalism to not engage. The discipline just to watch and keep your head up. You're not supposed to be emotionally attached and emotionally invested. They have a, a right to First Amendment speech. And if they commit a crime, then you make the arrest. That's what we do. It's your job to execute it. Let the DA's office interpret it. Let the DA's office look at it. But apparently that they look at us different because they still see us having a connection because we're retired. So they have to make up their minds also. Are we civilian members that deserve respect? Or are we retired members that deserve respect? Or we don't reserve, we don't deserve respect because we're retired. And you look at us as we should just die and wither and go away. Every retired member out there right now should be extremely proud of this service. And for those guys that are on the job right now, your ultimate goal is to get to retirement. And what do you think retirement is? I mean, all I hear is, oh, you should be playing golf. Why are you talking about the job? You shouldn't podcast. Do you think that when you retire, you just go lay on the beach and somebody brings strawberries and cherries and, and, and you eat these, you lay down and eat that all day? That'd be a boring life. Retirement is not the end. It's the beginning. And in retirement, you need significance and purpose. And there is significance and purpose to this podcast. And it's significance and purpose to our perspective. And a perspective is extremely important to hold the NYPD leadership accountable and keep them humble. And obviously, our perspective is dead on target or your fearless leaders wouldn't even be bringing us up. You know, and, uh, you know, everyone said, uh, I we I got a comment, I think it was this morning, I don't even remember. But the guy said, uh, oh, make sure you get the spelling of our names right. Just so you know, we didn't talk about any of you or put any of your names out because none of you matter at all. You're not even worth it. I wouldn't even put your name out there because you're nobody. And that's it. So go back to doing your job. Leave the politics and all that out of it. And don't worry about what we're doing on this podcast, because I'll tell you right now. If you're trying to intimidate us and threaten us, and if it continues to happen, believe me, we will humble you. Believe me. Oh, and I just want to say, with that being said, because this is happening from cops in the box, and there's only so much they can do, and they're just threats and they're intimidation. But exactly what John said, these aren't threats, they're promises. And you know what? If you think it won't happen, press your luck. Try it. I, I don't take it personal, but you know what? We'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be sitting in Viper wondering how you got there. And John Shell will be running to retirement. And Kaz Daughtry will be uh, be leaving the police department too. All right? So uh, that's it. That, that's my whole thing. Stop having personal attacks on us. You want to attack politically? You want to make fun of us? Go right ahead. Stop with the threats. Stop with it with trying to find out information about me. If I hear it again, you guys are going to have a big problem. Believe me. And then I am going to put your names on here. And you're not going to get the fame that you want. You're going to get the, the wrong type of fame. So, Eric, you want to end with anything? I think we talk about these. Yeah, guys. again, uh, you know, for these guys, I hope that they learn something for this, especially the captain, the lieutenant. You're in a position of power. You are, you are in leadership. It's middle management or frontline leadership, but you are a leader, a leader of, of what Kaz Daughtry calls the dream team. So what he's saying is you guys are the best. So show that you are the best. Carry yourself with some dignity, some professionalism, and do not have a weak ego. Words should not bother you. You have to be thick-skinned. I mean, I had so many, uh, I had numerous civilian complaints. I had eight sets of charges in one year that I had to co combat while my name was being smeared in the paper. At the same time, every time that I was, I had an encounter in the street, cop watch was on my back, screaming in my face, and I had to endure that. That's where the professionalism, that's where the professionalism comes in and the true warrior spirit, and that's what I want to see. Honestly, I don't want to see you guys at all because I, you're nobody to me. I don't really care about you, 
but I'd like to see you do better because you are reflective of the New York City Police Department, and that's where we worked. And guess what? In retirement, I'm not going to die and go away. We're only getting better. I eat healthy. I stay in shape. So does John. All right? My passion is martial arts. If you want to talk about it, call me up. We can talk about it all the time. If you want to call us losers, you can call us what we want. And if you don't like what we're saying, just turn the channel and don't listen. But the finest unfiltered is not going away. Thank you very much. Yeah. To our supporters out there, I really appreciate it. Yeah, or just give us a counter argument and we can talk and have a civil debate. Like that's what we've done. We've, we've created a platform for people to talk, talk about what they believe, bitch about it, not bitch about it. Say, just give us a counter argument and let's talk it out. Oh, no, you guys are wrong. Vehicle pursuits are a good thing. Oh, no, you guys are wrong. Defunding the police was a great thing. Whatever you want, whatever it, it may be, whatever your counter argument is, we don't attack anyone. We don't talk anyone. So I'm just going to, again, I'm going to put the invitation out there one more time for this whole thing that started. Chief of Patrol John Shell, you are welcome on this podcast. Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry, you are welcome on this podcast. If these attacks continue, we'll know your we'll know your full answer. You're afraid. You don't want to sit down with us for what reason? We don't know. We don't talk over anyone. We let everyone say what they want. We're, so we're we're not worried. Uh, there was a little thing I used to keep in my hat besides besides a prayer. I used to keep this in my hat and um and. And even in, in plain clothes, I kept it in in my inside of my bag, and I would read it when I when people would bother me, my sergeant, the cops I worked with, the the other people. When anyone would say anything, the public, and I would I would read this daily, a daily affirmation. I've read it on this podcast before, but I highly recommend to Chief John Shell and to Kaz Daughtry to get this printed. Go down to the print section. Don't stop looking at me and Eric stuff online. Get this and put it and put it on on your in your office, and you read it every day. It's not the critical. I want to end it with this. Wait, wait, hold Go on. Go ahead. Oh, you read something? Sorry. Yeah. It's it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to a man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and there is no shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cost, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's you. You're in the arena. We're criticizing you. Deal with it. Eric, what you got to say? Sorry. No, no, no. Absolutely. I, I, sorry. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you say you're going to read something. That's powerful. Uh, I've heard that message. I think that you can read that over and over. And every time you look at that, it's just, it's, there's so much to unpack there. It's, it's powerful, especially, you know, being part of law enforcement, which I think is an honor. Um, even though everything that's going on right now, the climate, and, and I wouldn't take the job, but still, if you are there, it's an honor, and you have to recognize that with that shield. But I think it would be a great opportunity. I'm sure the guy's going to watch this podcast. I'm sure Kaz Daughtry is going to watch it. So is John Shell. There's a great documentary. You and I talk about it. And you know, I know you read the book. The actual documentary, Ordinary Men, really is uh, symbolic of what's happening with these guys. And I hope that they watch it. And have an opportunity to ask themselves, could we have become Nazis? It's a very easy question. The answer is yes, because it's much easier to go along with the crowd, even if you don't agree with it, than be in opposition of it. So, I, I, again, be safe out there to these guys or anybody that's with the New York City Police Department. Vehicle pursuits, they should be only done in extreme cases. It should, be not, it should not be a regular tactic. There's an unfortunate loss of life. The most recent vehicle pursuit. Think about that. Even when times were good and the police were getting support, far more support than they are right now, it was never a tactic that was valued upon. It was frowned upon. And it's much more now, and it's even worse. I could pull up articles right now, cops throughout the entire country that have been indicted and imprisoned for car pursuits. And the initiation and, and the bearing of the entire responsibility was put on the cop. So that cop could be you. So think about that. Again, uh, thank you for all those that support us. For those that hate on us, I appreciate it too. Your opposition does meet opportunity. And your opposition is important. And you can be critical of this podcast. Again, 
for any of the uh, the cops that are out there, if you don't agree with something that we said, combat it with some factual information. We're open to the conversation. And I'm always open to learn something new. Yep. And I know, John, you are as well. Absolutely. And so for those of you that worry about how I make money or how I'm able to do this, considering I haven't got paid in over a year and a half and I don't have any medical benefits, which I do because I pay for them a lot of money, a lot of money every year. I do that because of the decisions I made when I was when I was young on the job is that I was going to save money and I was going to invest my money. So for those of you that are, that are looking to, that are looking to retire or you're already retired or you're getting ready to retire and you want to learn more and you're looking for additional uh, investment products. Reach out to our friends, John and Henry at Laidlaw Blue. Um, you know, it, it's a very reputable, uh, it's a very reputable investment firm. They're located in Midtown. You could go visit with them. And it's a personalized investment, like the same thing the millionaires have, but they broke off this little branch of the of of uh Laidlaw Wealth and they 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 come out to Laidlaw Blue. John's a retired detective, and they'll sit down with you and talk to you. You got nothing to lose, things are free. Uh, knowledge is power. Go down, sit down with them, sit down with everyone else, but definitely give them a call if you're getting ready to retire. And like I said, start to do the things. Get your life insurance early. Get Put those investments away. I, I, I used to hate guys. Oh, I can't afford. I can't afford to invest any money in the stock market. You can't afford not to save this money. If you could drive a Lexus, you could afford to put three, four hundred dollars away into an investment account and make smart decisions. Buy blue chip stops. If you're shopping at the place, buy the stock. If you know your friends are shopping there, buy the stock. It's, re- it's a very simple strategy. And then you, when you retire or you don't retire or God forbid you get jammed up, you don't have to worry about what the chief or anybody else is saying about you. You could say and do whatever you want. Contact our friends at Lady Wall Blue. Ladies and gentlemen, 265 Police Live, New York's Finance, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. We'll be back at you. Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community. But who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laidlaw Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services, including investment management, retirement planning, and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today. Book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on 888-901-BLUE. That's 888-901-BLUE.